2 Kings chapter 20. We're going to start at verse 1. Y'all praying for your boy? I'm, I'm trying to get there. If you have it, indicate by saying amen. Amen. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. <laughs> and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Verse 2, then he, returned, then he turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And it happened. Somebody say, and it happened. Before Isaiah had gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord. Verse 6 is where we will end, and I will add to your days 15 years. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. I was going to go a little bit further, but let me just pause right there because I don't know how far in this I'm going to be able to get. Uh, I want to tag this text Never underestimate the power of God. Never underestimate the power of God. You may be seated, but on your way down, just tag somebody and say, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Never underestimate the power of God. If I were to pass this microphone around this room and we would begin to testify as we would in the old day. Uh, you could bypass all the protocols and of the giving honor to God who's the head of my life. I want to thank the Lord for being here today. How many know what I'm talking about today? Amen. We can bypass that and we will begin to hear story after story, account after account of how God showed up and showed out in his power just when you needed him the most. I thought I'd have about 15 more folk that would say something back to me in this place. I, I know I would start just by talking about the fact that when I was in the fourth grade, I was in a very bad car accident. My brothers and I were headed to the re uh, wedding rehearsal of, a, of, a, of one of our cousins who was getting married the next day and I was scheduled to be a, a usher or somebody, something in the wedding. Maybe I was rolling down the thing, the, the, the runner back down the aisle. And uh, during that time, I, uh, we were hit by a drunk driver 
and I was in the front seat, didn't have my, my seat belt on, and I, I basically thrust it through the windshield, uh, but not enough velocity to go, to go, to go, to carry my way through it, ended up going, coming back through the windshield. Um, my face was completely uh, disconfigured, uh, so much blood was being lost, and I really thought that my face was going to be completely disconfigured for the remainder of my life. But you can never underestimate the power of God. Um, if I was to pass this microphone over to my auntie, Auntie Marilyn, who celebrated her birthday. I'm not going to tell her age, but if she celebrated her birthday this past week, and she's looking good. But if I were to pass the microphone to her, and you guys have heard her testimony before about how robbers broke into her home, beat her upside the head with a hammer, and stabbed her in her throat and in her chest, left her for dead, picked her head up to make sure she was dead. And the Holy Spirit told her, just let your head hit the floor as hard as you can to convince them that you are dead, even though she was still alive. Can I tell you something? She's alive today celebrating another birthday because you can never underestimate the power of God. I could even pass this microphone over to Pastor Lisa. I remember back when her and Pastor Eli went through a very tar hard time in their life and they lost their son and she was concerned that she would never have joy again. But when you see her praising God, when you see her worshiping God and leading us in the presence of God. Can I just tell you something? You can never underestimate the power of God. I, I, I know if Sister Linda Lumpkin was here, she would tell you about how God healed her body from cancer. She's a survivor and she's traveling with her husband in Chicago this week. Can I just tell you something? You can never underestimate the power of God. I talked to Zach Johnson last night and I remember how God healed his body. He was pitching on the mound and someone hit the ball and the ball came with so much speed and velocity and hit him right in the face. They said if it was a couple centimeters over to the left or to the right, it could have caused some, some, some long-term neurological damage. But I can tell you today, he's in Maryland right now playing on the college baseball team. Why? Because you can never underestimate the power of God. I can keep on passing this mic, but I would get a little bit too excited because I remember another time when I was driving home back, I'm sorry, back to school, coming from out of town, and I my car hit some black ice, and, and it began to spin, and I saw a, a, a semi-trucks begin to swerve to try to uh, avoid hitting me. My truck ended up falling off of the freeway, tumbling down the side of the freeway, when people, God had some men stop on the side of the freeway to check on me. When they saw the vehicle, I could hear them, and they said, oh, no, he's a goner. They thought I was dead when they looked at the condition of the vehicle. But I'm here to tell you today that you can never underestimate. I wish I had about 15 more of y'all to talk back to me in this place. You can never underestimate the power of God. I'm, I, maybe y'all are tired of hearing about stuff from way back. Let me tell you about something that just happened. Mother Moore, Mother Lorraine Moore, that she had a procedure on her heart the other day, and the doctor said that, she, that they had to resuscitate her twice while on the table. But she called Mama just the other day and said, God is not through with me yet. Let me tell 
tell you why. Because you can never underestimate the power of God. I come to let you know today, it doesn't matter what you're facing, what you're going through in this very moment. I don't care how high the mountain is, how deep and wide the valley is. Can I just tell you something? That same power that parted the Red Sea, that same power that opened up blinded eyes, that same power that unplugged deaf ears, that same power that allowed barren wombs to give birth, that same power that defeated armies when they started to sing songs and praises, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and well in you. I feel my help coming now. Look at somebody and say, you can never underestimate the power of God. It's available to you right now. Tap somebody next to you and say, don't do it. Don't you dare do it. Don't you dare do it. God will come in and he'll begin to show up and show out his power in your life. Doesn't matter how, how, how crazy the situation looks. Doesn't matter how bad the situation looks. And some of us are believing God for some big things in this place. Can I just tell you something? Don't you give up. Don't you let go of your faith. God is saying don't underestimate because when my power shows up, my power begins to manifest itself in ways that you know not of. Never underestimate the power of God. When we look in our text this morning, we see a man by the name of Hezekiah. He's the king of Judah at this time. He's the 12th king. And he is, Pastor Eli, he is one of only two kings up to this point that actually followed the Lord fully. <laughs> followed the Lord with his whole heart. And at this time, we find uh, King Hezekiah laying on his sickbed. Not yet. He's laying on his sickbed. And he gets paid a visit from the prophet Isaiah. So the man of God comes to him and Isaiah tells him, Hezi, set your house in order for you will die and not live. How many people know that's not the kind of hospital visit you want to have when you lay in there and the preacher come and talk to you? Right then in that moment, that sickbed became his deathbed. That sickbed, that, 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 that thing that he was in that he thought would be temporary, all of a sudden it became his final proclamation. When you look back at verses 1 and 2, let's just look back at it because maybe I read it too fast. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death, and Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Verse 2, look at what Hezekiah does. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. What I love about Hezekiah, Listen to me, my brothers and sisters, don't miss this. What I love about Hezekiah is when he received the word from God, the word of God 
from the man of God. He didn't respond to the man of God, but rather he went to the God of man. Some of y'all got it. They're a little slow. Let me try it for y'all one more time. When he received the word of God from the man of God, and it was not in his favor, he did not try to respond to the man of God, he ended up turning his face and talking to the God of man. You see, he didn't want to talk to the one who brought him the news. He wanted to go to the source. I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of dealing with middlemen. Lord, help me in this place. I, I, I don't want to deal with a middleman anymore because when I need something, I don't want to have to wait on somebody else. Let me talk to uh, 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 you in this place and let me let you know that I need to speak with the head person in charge. Can I just tell you something? That when uh, Jesus died on the cross, he took down that middle wall of partition that only allowed a very select few to enter into the presence of God. And when he did that he allowed it to where you now can enter the presence of God boldly for yourself you don't need a middleman because when you are in him he is the middleman and he carries you to the place where you need to be anybody ever been dealing with customer service you dealt with customer service and you feel like you're not getting nowhere and, and, and then you get so frustrated you say let me talk to your Come on, somebody. I need to speak to somebody that's got a little bit more authority than you. I want to talk to your supervisor. I want to talk to the manager. I want to talk to the person in charge because what I'm getting from you is not what I need. And so when you figure out that who you're dealing with is not going to get you what you need, you got to go around. Look at somebody and say, I'm getting ready to go around. I'm getting ready to go around. I'm getting ready to go right to the source. And the source today is the Lord. You now have direct access. I said, we now have direct access. Lord, help me in this place. Uh, but it's not just who he's talking to that was the key, but it was also what he said. <laughs> Look back down at verse 3, it says, Remember, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. My brothers and sisters, this is not a prayer of someone with one foot in and one foot out. This, this is a prayer of someone who was all in. <laughs> Look at somebody and say all in. I, I'm not saying that he was perfect because none of us are. And if perfection is the requirement for our prayers being answered, none of us would ever get our prayers answered. 
Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. I'm going to keep on talking until y'all say ouch because maybe you are of the mindset that you got to be living a certain kind of life and that's the reason why. Let me tell you something. God doesn't operate like that. His grace is sufficient for you. But he does require you to be bought all in. You can't take part of God and leave the other part that you don't like. You can't take part of God and say, well, that, I, you know, that, that, that don't apply to me. No, 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 no. We have to be bought all in. Because the Bible says that he walked before the Lord in truth and with a loyal heart, meaning his heart was not divided. His heart was not divided. His heart was wholly centered on the Lord. And he did what was right in the Lord's sight. Uh, if this was a movie, verse 4 was the shift in the scene. Uh, Brother Brian, I need your help real quick. All right, we're going to see if we can reenact this. I want you to be King Hezekiah. All right? Uh, yeah, and you're sick, and you're not doing well. So come on in a little bit. I want to make sure you're getting this shot. This is for all of our people that are watching by way of the web, our, our, our streaming church. I'm going to be uh, the prophet Isaiah. Now, Pastor Eli is going to assist me, and he's going to play some real sad music because, you know, when you get delivered some bad news, the underscore that you hear is that of sad. He's Hezekiah. I'm Isaiah. Prophet Isaiah, come here. He's sick. I mean, real sick. Unto death. Yeah. King Hezekiah, thus said the Lord, you need to set your house in order. Tell the kids, wife, that your days are numbered because you shall die and not live. Hezzy then turns his face to the wall and begins crying out to the Lord. Isaiah starts leaving the palace. You're still crying out to the Lord. You, you can't stop. You can't stop. See, you know, you're fervent prayer. You, Isaiah is, is out. He is, he is leaving. He is, he is, he is. And then all of a sudden, verse 4 said, and it happened. So y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Verse, verse 4, Isaiah, Isaiah is leaving. Has it still praying? Verse 4 comes around and says, and it happened. Now, did y'all hear the music change? See, it went from the sad sound to a sound of expectation. See, because, because, because when verse 4 says, and it happened, it begins to say that before he even made it out of the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him. And when the word of the Lord came to him, the word of the Lord said to him, turn back around, go back to Hezekiah and tell him, I heard your prayer, I seen your tears, and guess what? I'm going to add years to your days. Isaiah goes back to Hezekiah and he tells him 
what the Lord said to him in that moment. Give Brian a hand for being sick, Hezekiah. Because I want to show you something. Thank you, Pastor Eli. I want to show you something in this thing right now because when verse 4 gets there, it says, and it happened. Lord, help me in this place. And it happened. You see, God responds to the urgent cry of his servants. And when he responds, listen to what he responds to. He responds, watch this, to persistent prayer and simple obedience. That's what got Hezekiah restored. Persistent prayer and simple obedience. He says, and it happened, before Isaiah had made it out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him saying, watch this, return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, watch this, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father. He says, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. And surely I will heal you. On the third day, you should go up to the house of the Lord. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I'm going to heal you. I have heard your prayers. I have seen your tears. Surely I'm going to mend that relationship back together. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. And the situation that you're in is not going to last always. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. And your children that are wayward are going to return back to the Lord. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. And the very mountain that stands before you right now is getting ready to be moved. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. And that spouse that you've been praying to receive God, you're going to see them come before God. And you're going to see them worshiping him, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. I have heard your prayer prayer. I have seen your tears. And the very thing that you've been praying to God for, it's getting ready to happen in your favor right now. I need somebody to lift up their praise in this place and give God a shout of victory in this place today. God saying, ah, It's interesting to note, when you get to verse 6, after the prophet Isaiah told him that, look at what he says. He says, and I will add to your days 15 years. Five verses before that, he told him that he's going to die and not live. Five verses later, he's telling them, I'm going to add over 5,000 days to your days. I'm going to give you 15 more years to what you just, you were getting ready to die in days. Now I'm getting ready to add years to your days. But watch this. He didn't just do it for him. 
But he says, I'm going to add 15 years to your days, and I will deliver you and the city. <laughs> uh, I'm going to deliver you, but I'm also going to deliver everything that's connected to you. I'm going to deliver you, and I'm going to deliver all the people that's been following you. I'm going to deliver you and your family and the people that surround you. Your neighborhood is going to be blessed because of what I'm getting ready to do through you. But watch this. Watch this. This is what I love about God. Look at your neighbor and say, he's a covenant-keeping God. He's a covenant-keeping God. Watch this. Watch what he says. Don't miss this. I will deliver you from and the city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend my city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Y'all slow. I'm going to deliver you for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Uh, Hezekiah was a descendant of David. In other words, what God is saying is because of how, and I don't know how far down it may have been great, 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 great grandfather, I don't know, but because of how your forefathers lived, I'm going to do it for you. Because of, because of the prayers of your mama and them, I'm Mama and them is gone, but you still here. I'm going to do it for you because of what I made, to, because of the covenant I made to them. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. Can I tell you something? Well, 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 Pastor, that don't apply to me because my mom and them, none of my family, I'm, I'm the first one saved. Well, guess what you can do? You can start it from your generation on. You can get things right from this day on, from, from, from you and your children on. You can start setting a precedence for what God wants to do in your life and in the life of your children and your children's children and, and those who are called afar off. So this applies for us all because we all can buy in to what God is saying right here. This is a benefit. This is a blessing. Uh, but just, just like Usses, look at what happens. Verse 7 says, then, I, then Isaiah take a lump of figs, so they took it and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. They took the figs, laid it on the boil that Hezekiah was going through. That, that, was, the, that was the outward pronounce or the symptom of what it is that he was going through. And, and the Bible says, and he recovered. I didn't read verse 8, but I want to get to verse 8 before I get to where, how we're going to close this thing up, all right? Are you with me? Say amen. Come on, if you're really with me, say amen. Watch this, verse 8. Now, verse 7 says, it ends, so they took it and laid it on the boil, and he, what did it say? Come on, say it again, and he. Come on, say it one more time, and he. Verse 8, and Hezekiah said to Isaiah, what is the sign that the Lord is going to heal me? What? Wait, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm confused. I, I thought verse, now, take me back 
to kindergarten. One, two, maybe this preschool. Three, four, five, six, seven. What comes after seven? So, 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 so seven comes before eight. All right, I just want to make sure. All right. So verse seven says, they took it and laid it on the boil and he, that, that, that's verse seven, right? Now, eight comes after seven, right? Okay, so verse eight then says, now the same person who got, who, who, who put the figs on the boil and he recovered, the same person, okay, verse eight, and Hezekiah said to Isaiah, well, what is the sign that the Lord's going to heal me? I, I, I had questions with this. I said, I said wait a minute, I thought, I, thought, I thought he recovered in verse seven. But now in verse eight, he's saying, well, how, how, how am I going to know that the Lord is going to heal me? And the Lord began to show me something, Brother Jefferson. Because a whole lot of times, God will take away the visible reproach. Because he was dealing with the symptom. But Hezekiah knew that there was a deeper issue that needed to be dealt with. I'm, I'm afraid that a lot of us have gotten up off the altar a little too soon. We were happy that God allowed us to recover. But we didn't stay there long enough to allow him to deal with what needed to be really dealt with and heal us. See, 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 God is trying to get you to understand that not only am I going to take away the reproach and cause you not to be ashamed for the visible things that people see, but I want to get deep down and deal with the inner healing in your heart. I want to make sure that I deal with that thing so that this, so that this symptom never comes back again. I want to get to your heart and really have you deal with forgiveness the way it needs to be dealt with. I ain't trying to just get you, get you your friends back. I want to make sure that you can forgive the way Jesus forgave. I want to make sure you can love the way Jesus loved. I don't want to just uh, 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 deal with you so that people around you can say, ooh, you're looking so good, but you're still all messed up on the inside. God is trying to teach us here through Hezekiah. He says, even though, even though I'm recovered, I still need to be healed. And God is here to not just cause you to recover, but God is here to heal you wholly. Never underestimate the power of God. When I was, I heard the Lord speak to me regarding or concerning this series. As we began to say this, 
as we've coined it, the most important sermon series ever. And throughout the course of this month, not just on Sundays, but on Wednesdays, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that, we're going to be dealing with why this is the most important sermon series ever. Let me just tell you. Because at the top of 2018, the Lord spoke to me with a very clear vision for our church. <coughs> Lord spoke to me and he said, write the vision, make it plain, and this is what it is. I don't know if we have a slide of that vision, Pastor Max, if you can pull it up, just that, just that purple slide. But, but it simply says, 100 people, there it is, serving locally, supporting globally, seeing a thousand souls or a thousand people saved by 2020. Let me, let me read it for you one more time. 100 people serving locally, supporting globally, seeing a thousand people saved by 2020. Touch somebody and say, never underestimate the power of God. We've seen God do some amazing things in our church over the last year and a half. When it comes down to the serving, seeing 100 people serving, when we started at the top of 2018, let me just give you some figures here. When we started at the top of 2018, we had a total of 47 people faithfully serving within our church. 47 people. And I thank God for them. Today, somebody say today. We have over, we have 91 people serving in various capacities within Revival Tabernacle. Come on, I need somebody to give God some praise because you should never underestimate the power of God. 91 people. I need nine more, y'all, to come on board. <laughs> We're going to deal with that in a moment. That's the serving part. <laughs> Amazing. Watch this. Here's the giving part because we said serving locally and supporting globally. Right? right? So here's the giving part. In 2018, we had 75 committed supporters supporting the work here at Revival Tabernacle. Today, we have 90 consistent givers supporting the work of Revival Tabernacle. Touch somebody and say, never underestimate the power of God. You know, church analysts, they say, that in order, <laughs> this, is, this is just mind-blowing. In order for a church to be what they view as sustainable, you need to break 200 consistently every weekend in, in our services, having a gathering of 200 people. In order for churches, church, this is church data analysts saying, in order for a church to be sustainable, you got you to gotta break 200 and you got to have at least 100 giving units. 
Let me just say something. We don't have 200 people meeting here on a weekend. And we don't quite have 100 giving units that support in the church. But God has saw fit to sustain us because his hand has been upon this place. So let's get to the scene, a thousand people saved by 2020. Since the Lord gave us this vision at the top of 2028, 2018, I'm sorry, we have seen 589 people give their hearts to the Lord. Well, now that's something to really give God some praise for. When you talk about the kingdom of God being expanded. Now, this is a cumulative number, including the acknowledgments at our weekend worship services. Soup Kitchen, when we had it running during last year, funerals, youth conferences such as War Week, and any special preaching outings that I've had the privilege of, of representing God and our church on. And I'll be honest, this is a point of vulnerability for the preacher. While adding 589 Souls to the kingdom of God is amazing. I started in my flesh getting nervous. I said, because God, we still got 411 souls to reach in less than four months. Less than four months to do it. And Pastor Lisa, I even began playing with the verbiage. I started saying things like, well, by the end of 2020, I felt like maybe I need to help God out. Buy God some more time. When I knew full well that that was not what God said. And so there I was. <laughs> Saying, Lord, I know, you know, this is my first time at bat. I, I have not seen your pastor anywhere else. This is, and this is here it is, the, the, the first vision since being pastor. I mean, we're, we've hit the four-year mark that God has blessed us to lead this amazing church. The four years this month. And it wasn't until this week that God used one of our brothers to call me. And he had no idea what I was going through, no idea what I was battling with. I was struggling even how to even put this sermon series, let alone this sermon together. He began to speak into my life, and he says, God told me to tell you, he says, don't you worry about anything. Everything that God spoke to you, God says he's going to bring it to pass.
He said, God's going to bring it to pass. And then I began sharing with him what I was dealing with, what I was struggling with. And he says, all right, well, hey, listen. If God gave the vision, then God is going to give the provision. And in that moment, I was reminded to never underestimate the power of God. And just as it's happening for us in this corporate body, God's going to do it for you individually. Just like God is going to do it in his house, I'm believing that God's going to do it for you in your house. God is going to show up and show forth his power. So what is God saying to us, Revival? In this very moment, as we get ready to dive into what God is going to begin sharing with us and saying to us, let me give you two things that he calls, it's time to get back to basics. Time to get back to basics. Number one is some of this. Devote yourself to the house of the Lord. Devote yourselves to the house of the Lord. And then the, number, and then, and then the last thing is simply this. Devote yourself back to growing in the Word of God. Devote yourself to the house of the Lord and devote yourself to growing in the Word of God. And I'm excited because we, we intentionally constructed the calendar to start back on our midweek Bible study. And we're going to be right here in the sanctuary. And let me tell you something. I'm excited about how God is going to grow us in the Word. And now you have two times to eat during the week. You got two times to eat. Wednesday at noon and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Where if, 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 if you're a senior and you were a part of our senior Bible study, listen, I want you... We're dis, I'm, I'm, I'm discontinuing the once a month senior Bible study because I want to give my all to this weekly Bible study that God is going to give us. And we're going to be teaching the Word of God, and we're going to be growing in the Word of God together. And so this week, starting this week, this Wednesday, this Wednesday at 12 noon, listen, though, if, if, if you're a senior citizen and you don't like coming out at night, come on in, come on in Wednesday at noon. We got a, we got a place for you. We got a seat for you. And I'm sure the rest of us, when we get off of our job, get off of work, and we're going to come in here at 7 p.m. ready, hungry for the Word of God. God is getting ready to grow us in the Word. That's what he says. He says, don't you worry. See, this is what he began showing me. He says, it's not about the number, but it's about what I can do in our midst when we're all on one accord. <laughs> it's about what God can do in our midst, small but mighty, when we're all on one accord. Let's stand today. Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, 
We hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders.